today. We're joined by Nick and Jess from the 3E Space. 3E Space? Yeah. 3E oh, Space. Look at that. Uh, we're going to lift the bonnet on healing. We hope you're sitting comfortably because it's about to get uncomfortable. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Um, Robin told me a joke the other day. Robin, my son, he's my little kid. He said, why did the Mexican throw his wife off the cliff? Tequila! <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me we're rolling. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's it. Done. So, Josh. I'm going to put that on Instagram and you're going to get battered for that. <laughs> Shall we go to the cinema, Josh? Together? No. Uh, how are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, mate. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm recovered after being burnt at the stake before the cinema chat on the last pod. Well, I'm glad you've recovered because we are... Lucky to be joined by Nick and Jess, our friends from the 3E space. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's a co-host session today, so um, we're going to be having a conversation, which we've all adequately prepped for. Isn't that right, Josh? Yeah, adequately prepped. It was my birthday Sunday, so that's why I haven't. Happy birthday, yeah. Josh. I've got a moan. I've got a moan to start with. Can I start with a moan? Let's just do it. Come on. So <laughs> even though it's my week, you're just... You're I'm making it, people hate me by the moment. Yeah. So the cinema one was, was one. Here's my one that will make people hate me today. Write in happy birthday on your Facebook wall. Ah. Uh, it's fucking weird. Go on. Hang on, hang on. You're just worried now that maybe maybe Nick and Jess no, no, happy birthday. No, 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 no. Because I'm going to I'm, I'm going to explain myself. Oh, please. Some do. people, please do. some people yeah. write nice messages. I'm down with that. You know, they go, they take the time. I, I can think of a couple actually in particular where they, you can see, they thought I'm going to write happy birthday, and then so they take the time to. Some motherfuckers that I don't even know, like if we've spoke to each other in years, they don't even write happy birthday. They just put HBD. Oh. If you can't even be bothered to write the full sentence, Hang on. like don't bother, mate. Let me ask you. HBD, that's it. Hate just nothing else. Why would you put two letters in the last word, but only one in the first you, one? Well, because they can't. If you're going to do it, HB. You do HPBD. It's B, not P. Oh, oh, right. You know what I'm okay. saying, right? You don't need the D. Yeah, but that's it's not how HB. abbreviation works, Has. Yeah, it is. Um, anyway. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Not always. Not, 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 not nowadays, isn't it? Would you have been? Do you know, right? Do you maybe, know? Yeah. Maybe the D is to show they're actually making an effort. Yeah, it's to put. It's, it's oh, a bit of effort, isn't it? I'll put the fucking that. B yeah. in there. There's a certain. There's a very small uh, portion of people that exist, right? Um, that that were at a certain age when mobile phones came out, and they're stuck in still writing in text language. Mm. You know, and they put like mm. instead of writing mate, they put M eight. And like later, they still put L. That's how you text me. <laughs> I don't text you, mate. Are you <laughs> voice note me? No, but all right. But it's true, isn't it? I judge the fuck out of you if you do that. And by the way, <laughs> and by the way, and by the way, when the people uh, that have you got the camera just on Josh, yeah? Because the, the, is... the people that talk like that, and then we're going to move on. The people that talk like that, their text messages are always green. What? 
You know, like when somebody's text message comes through and it's green and you're like, you don't own an iPhone, do you? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, on a, they're on an Android. Okay. Right. Josh, are you happy? You got it all out off your chest. I'm not making any reels out of that bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to actually edit that bit out. Right. Nick, Jess, welcome. Thank you. Now Thank that we've you. had the Josh show, yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just a quick little intro. Oh, I'm Jess Frost. Hey, Jess Frost. Hi. <laughs> Co-founder with this lovely chap of the 3E space. And I am a empowerment and emotional agility, I'm gonna call it coach. Mm. It's changed a little bit, but yeah, definitely emotional agility coach. And I'm gonna hand over to you. Yeah, I'm Nick Edgar. Um, so we're life partners as well as business partners and, and inventors of the 3E space, which the 3E's being um, Explore, energize, and empower. Oh, you put yourself <laughs> on the spot there. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Just how the I know, it's two like, minutes. Like, here's the pattern. He went three <laughs> E's being and just went. <gasps> <laughs> Get the right E's. Yeah. That's the only prep we've done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. What are the three E's on the train? Well, you almost screwed it up if you did the prep there. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I haven't felt that much pressure for years. It wouldn't be the <laughs> first time you dropped three E's anyway. If <laughs> <you> <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, it's um, um, but yeah, look, um, I'm, a, I'm a transformational coach. I'm all about like supporting people to kind of get unstuck. Mm. Um, it's, it's become a passion of mine in my 40s. It's, it's why I'm here and yeah. you do what you do for the same reason. And, and we're kind of doing this journey together as well as individually, which yeah. is not that common, I don't think. No. I don't know of anyone else. Do you? No, no. no. I, I have to say that obviously I met Nick and Jess for you, Josh. And uh, it's very rare that you just hit it off with somebody straight away and there's sort of immediate trust and kind of connectedness. But we really found that, didn't we? And yeah. so yeah, it's been brilliant to um, have you come on board. And just give us a bit of a background as to how you know Josh and, and, and kind of what brings you here today. Mm. With us. We did one of the real, we were in one of the early inner you cohorts. We turned up on the same screen as a couple and Josh just looked at us and went, <laughs> am I on Gogglebox? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I went, have you both paid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you? yeah. Have you both paid? <laughs> so I, went, I went as red as Jessica's hair. Yeah. 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 But yeah. We're never telling you the answer to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your but numbers yeah. were down. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we just kind of hit it off after that. And and I, I was coming to Uncommon Man from quite an early stage and it, it just kind of evolved, didn't it, really? Mm. Yeah. I connected with Josh, I think, with Nicola as well, yeah. that link, um, adult child of alcoholics. So, yeah, it's kind of just been really fluid and organic. Who did I connect with first? Nick. It was? You signed up to the earlier cohort of Inu and then didn't do it. Yeah, I wasn't ready to uh, to do that one. We'll get into that later, maybe. Oh, uh, right, yeah. <laughs> you were hiding until you could jump on the screen with Jess, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I will say, much like you with both of them, and I'm not a very trust... Like, that doesn't happen very often with me where I'm trusting. Uh, I was both the same. And I think we had, like, the first time we had a conversation about an uh, uncommon man or wherever it was, might have been uncommon man in the old Yeah, in the venue. original space, yeah. And I said to you, like, I feel connected to you mm. um like and it was sort of like we we both sort of knew it and didn't really have to say it if you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think that in itself is quite rare yeah where you can just feel that energy yeah. and, and that connection and you don't if, when you go into your head with it and try and explain it you just get lost yeah and you actually lose the connection yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So I think you just have to to sit in that energy and just feel it yeah yeah what what I love about the two of you is I think um I mean we're all coaches here you know mm -hmm. and what I love about the two of you is is 
is that you really care about kind of the energetic experience and the, sort of the holding the space for people. Yeah. And that's really, a, 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 you know, part of your design and your work. And I think that's why uh, the three of you have been working more closely together mm. and it's going to form the basis of our conversation today because we're going to be talking about healing and, and kind of w what it is. And, mm. you know, I'm going to come in as the layman and just really like, I'm not, you know, not, not really understanding as much about the space as, as the three of you. But before we go into that conversation, uh, there's a um, there's something we do every podcast here, um, which is to have an emotional check-in. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of say whatever's on your mind, but you just can't say okay, because yes. we'll keep digging deeper. So um, I'll start with you, Josh, um, okay. put you on the spot. Uh, I know you've already told us a little bit about your birthday <laughs> and all that. This is where I should have done the Facebook <laughs> moan. Um, how am I? Do you know what? I'm actually um so I had my I had my birthday the weekend and it was weird. What my birthday reminded me is is of the importance of um the things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis that keep me sane, that keep me from not being like really crazy. You know, I, I like I joke about the whole I lean into a part of myself when I joke about the Facebook stuff and all that kind of stuff, yeah. People that know me well enough know that. But, like, if I'm not careful, I do genuinely find life very, very difficult. Um, and so I do have to do a certain amount of things on a daily basis for that not to happen. And because it was my birthday um, and I knew I wanted to have a good day and I wanted to be as present as I, as I could be, I did everything that I know that I should do on those days. So like I got up, I breathed. Uh, I actually ran a 10 kilometer, went for a 10 kilometer run with my wife, Leah. Uh, I don't have to do that every day, by the way. <laughs> like, fuck. Um, <laughs> we did that and then uh, we went out for some dinner um, and then I did a big breath work for emotional release at like four or five in the afternoon to just bring me back down and like, uh, I slowly, if I'm not careful over the course of every day, uh, when I'm not working. So when I'm working and I'm in my stuff, it's a bit different. But if I'm just being and I'm just trying to be, it's a lot of hard work. And I slowly start to wind up more and more and more. So I need little moments in the day to just release some of that tension. And I think, by the way, just, and then I'll finish on saying this because uh, of time and stuff, but, um, and I may have said it before, but the thing that makes me the most sad or the thing that I dislike the most about the way that I show up to the world is how much harder I find it to be present with the people that I really care about in the spaces that really, really matter to me, which is at home with my family. Mm -hmm. If I could show up to them as easily as I show up to my work and all the environments that I show up to in my work and hold and all that, my life would be an absolute dream. So yeah. that's my check-in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've, I think we've talked about this um, on, on the podcast, but, um, there's a there's a book um, called Indistractable by a guy called Nir Eyal, and he talks about um, something called the uh, the residual beneficiary. And in a liquidation process, when a company is being liquidated, everyone gets paid, and then the last person to get something is the residual beneficiary. And often there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. And what he was saying is, when we're at work, when we're going through the day, our family or our loved ones, whoever they may be, become the residual beneficiary. So we've given everything out 
to people through mm. the day mm. in the course of our work, in the course of what we believe is important because that's, you know, we tell ourselves stories like, well, this is what's paying the bills, I've got to do this. And so when you get home, your tank's empty mm. and you got it totally wrong. So actually when you took yourself off for a weekend and just said, I'm, 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 I'm plugging, you knew yourself that you'd reached peak, mm. like noise in your head and you yeah. needed to be with your family. It does go a bit deeper than that though. That I, I agree with all of that, but it isn't just that I give myself so much of myself to my work that I'm left empty when I get home. Yeah, It's something deeper than that. It's more about my trauma and how that plays out in my relationships and, my st and stuff like that, because it's not always the case, you know, I can go to bed really early on a Friday night and get up Saturday morning and still find it really hard to be present at home all day. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't be able to give the same just as easily as I would give if that Saturday became a working day. If it was a working day, I'd show up. But that's, I think some of that is because I use parts of myself when I'm working and I can lean into them, yeah? Mm. When I'm at home and I'm just trying to be myself, uh, I become a version that, that I struggle much more with. Yeah, mm. yeah that definitely, that definitely resonates because I, I I know that part of the challenge of feeling present is that my brain doesn't switch off. Mm. And I think a lot of that sometimes comes from fear of failure. Yeah. Mm. If I'm not thinking about it, I'm failing. Yeah. So sort of not to the same degree, but I can understand. But, and it can yeah. be really hard to, it can be really hard to, to take, you know, because sometimes I will treat my children how I would never treat anybody that a client that yeah. I was working with. Yeah. So I'd never say some of the things that I might say not say I don't I'm never nasty with my words but my way I am I'd never be like that in my work yeah, yeah. true but we're like that with each other yeah like we are say. sometimes aren't we like it's it's almost I think if we weren't like that I'd be worried yeah yeah you know I, I actually think there's something quite natural about that yeah yeah not, I don't I don't listen to the two of you and reflect on our own experience I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think it's perfectly natural mm. yeah same mm. same yeah Jess, how you doing? How am I? Okay, so it's weird. I've got this like just cocktail of emotions at the moment where it's like, oh, yeah, we're coming to London and we're going to Brighton. We're going to speak to you guys on this podcast. And on the face of it, things look really exciting and it is, right? But the reality for me is over the last three months, there's been new physical concerns, health concerns. Mm. And... I've noticed a new part coming up, like a health anxiety part, mm. which I've never really had before. And I'm and I'm trying not to sit and overthink it and ruminate on it and work out where has it come from and just try and surrender, which we're gonna, I'm sure we'll touch on later. It's so fucking hard for me. But waiting on test results, probably noticing where my trauma is manifested in my body mm. and that level, that stage of healing mm. for me is really fucking uncomfortable. Like, cause I wanna be go, go, go. Like so much of my conditioning is like, go business, success, performance. And it's like, I'm now being stopped. Something is physically stopping me. And I wanna share that as well, especially for, for women that are going through like per perimenopause and all those changes. Like, I don't know if that's what it is, but it's fucking hard mm. like to, to navigate all the parts of me coming up, all this old conditioned thoughts coming up to the surface and just try and go, just rest. <laughs> try not mm -hmm. to overthink it, try not to analyze it and work out what it is. 
like IBS stuff that's not really happened to me before. And it's just, yeah, it's just really interesting. Like so uncomfortable, mm. Mm. but I think a really important phase for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you like for sharing. Cause it's just the, the, one of the reasons that we, you know, want to have these conversations is, is, is to normalize mm. that we have stuff and we, and challenges yeah. and we don't know where to go. And we've never experienced this before. Yeah. And actually so many of our listeners will really appreciate you sharing that because they'll yeah, be going through thanks. things or know people that are going through uh, things mm -hmm. similarly. And life doesn't really prepare you for something no. that's unknown, particularly when it's around health. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there's no, there's no manual to, you know, because it's all individual. Right. And, yeah. and so, yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing Jess. Pleasure. Thank you for hearing me. Yeah. <laughs> Nick. So yeah, I'm a bit of a, a lot of a lot of energy at the minute so i feel buzzing to be here it's great to be having this conversation but last night i was staying in the house and the room that i was born in wow and <laughs> at 48 nearly 49 years old like it's mental i don't think mm. many people get to have that experience no. mm. and maybe to some people even if they had that experience it, it would mean fuck all mm. but i f i feel that energy um and I talked to my, my parents about it because because it was a home birth and and my parents had, had had a stillborn a couple of years before I was born. So there's a lot of anxiety and nervousness around that. Um, and I feel privileged that we've developed a relationship to be able to have conversations about that in a way that we just wouldn't have been able to 10, 20 years ago. And I'm really proud of that. But I still I still have to make sense of my experience because I walk into that environment and it's almost like a like a a projector of images sometimes mm. of all different ages and experiences good bad and indifferent and and i consider myself someone that's highly sensitive so i i, I can't just experience it and then it's gone mm -hmm. like it, I, I have to devote some time to it and i haven't necessarily had a chance to do that yet so i'm bringing a bit of that in as well mm -hmm. you know so i kind of I, I don't go home that often for that reason because mm. it's it's quite difficult it's challenging sometimes it's beautiful sometimes mm. it's it's not uh, so I'm bringing a bit of that today as well. Yeah. Well, nice thank you though. for sharing that. I, w I, w I was staying at my mum's place yesterday night because I didn't fancy getting up at half four or five to, to get <laughs> in Brighton today. Um, but interestingly, uh, my mum sold our house that we grew up in during lockdown and moved into this um, flat. And it, does, it doesn't feel like home. Mm -hmm. But what's really interesting is every time I'm sort of heading that way, I sort of revert into some sort of child type. Yep. You know, like I know that I'm heading to mum's and I, I, I guess um, I chew, like I eat differently, like almost like like my, I, I connect food in a different way than I do when I'm just going about my business. Like, and it's it's really, really weird. But also uh, my relationship with my mum's really an interesting one where I'm sort of childlike in some senses, but then I'm sort of grown up and I get caught in between the uh, yeah. and the two. But But something that I can appreciate is um i spent years trying to sort of fix our relationship right and not that i you know it's a bad one i just tried to fix it uh, you know when i was growing up I, I went to school with a lot of friends whose parents were intellectuals and i was wanted that growing up and all that sort of stuff so i'm really just comfortable being in the space mm. um, and actually we just watched the film we watched the 
um, Quiet Place Part Two, which is about aliens where you have to be quiet. Uh, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought my mum wasn't going to be into it, but yeah, we just shared a little moment, and that was great. And we, you know, and so just really appreciating the relationship as it is today. Um, but yeah, I definitely get that sort of, you know, the carousel of images thing. Mm. Like it, you know, even though that's not my house anymore, or that wasn't my house I grew up in, just kind of revert into that space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, mm. thank you for sharing. Oh, I've got to share yeah, mine. Don't, don't I? Yeah. Getting away with it. You're not getting away with it. All right. Okay. Well, um, I think I've been, last few weeks have been really crazy, busy, um, because. Uh, we're sort of heading towards deadlines on certain big decisions. And some of these big decisions I'm really excited about and we'll talk about in the fu- uh, in, in, in future sessions. Um, but they, I think, um, went f- took me from, you know, our business kind of going in a nice trajectory to potentially blowing up, right? And, and those decisions were weighing heavily on me because they are going to impact us financially, operationally, all those sorts of things. Mm. And so I was really struggling a little bit, I think, with overwhelm. And it had a knock-on effect on everything else that I've been talking about, which is sleeping and relationships and being present at home and all that sort of stuff. And I think in those moments, what I try and do is kind of creatively come up with the solution, like almost invent something new. Like like it hasn't been invented, the solution before, so I'm going to try and invent it. And whenever I speak to you, Josh, like it just reminds me just to go back to basics. We talk about going back to basics. Mm -hmm. Something that always stands in my head is when we talk about like, when we once talked about like a, if a football team is losing 3-0 at half time, you don't creatively play out of that, you know, deficit. You just go back to doing what your training tells you Mm -hmm. to do. Like go back and defend well or whatever. Win your tackles, play. Win your tackles, play. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Rather than, oh, we're going to score three. Actually, we're going to, defend first and then yeah. solidify. And um, it, it also reminds me of this US Marines quote, which is um, when the shit hits the fan, we don't rise to the occasion, we fall to the level of our training. That's why we train so hard. And I really needed to remind myself of that actually. So rather than me trying to figure out how to sort stuff out, I just went back to the stuff that I know works for me. And so actually I feel grounded now, but if you'd have asked me this, a week or, or or two weeks ago, I probably would have given you a different answer. Yeah, and I feel good about the ground because it just helped me kind of okay, right, right. Let me let me operate from this now new base, mm. as opposed to that sort of high anxiety base. Yeah, yeah. So I feel grounded. Good word, mate. Mm. Great word. Thank good you. Good word. Uh, before we move on, just a quick check: Are Nick and Jess loud enough, Sophia? Um, Can we do with moving them in? <coughs> a little bit? Yeah. If we just move in yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're welcome to kind of like move them around. These just need to be put in your mouth. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're good. I thought it was worth checking. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. I was gonna I was gonna do a passive aggressive like uh push <laughs> Push it like yeah, just, just in, in, in mic yeah. in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, We're nice and laid back on this podcast. (laughs) We don't even need to edit that out. That's staying in. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. Talk louder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, cool. So what we're going to talk about today is healing. And I would say that um, as somebody who's a coach, who does work in this sort of space, or who would consider themselves pretty emotionally tuned in. I don't really fully understand healing. 
um, as a concept, in, uh, certainly around the way that you work with it. So I wanted to understand it a bit more. But I think I also wanted to understand it in the context of kind of what's going on in the world at the moment and why we think healing is starting to be leaned into by people who haven't necessarily kind of spent a lot of time learning about it and doing it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like, you know, I am, I would say, spiritually inclined, but I'm not woo woo. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you could sort of be mistaken for thinking that healing work is kind of the kind of uh, the, the protected enclave of the woo woo uh, spiritualists, the, yeah. the karmic psychics and all those sorts of people. Yeah. And I think obviously as you've started to talk more about it, Josh, um, you know, I've, I've understood a bit more, but just for our listeners, like just mm. tell us what, what you think healing is. Um, if it's not too simplistic to, to ask that as an opening question, mm -hmm. uh, look, I think I think it I think it could be too simplistic to ask it as a question, but I can give an answer. Look, I think I think it's like um, to try and give an analogy that people might understand for people that might be listening that have got no idea what we're talking about. Right? I want to try and use language that people can understand. If you think of like physical fitness, right? There's a million and one different ways you could get physically fit. You could play football, you could play rugby, you could play tennis, you could just go running. You could like, there's a million and one different ways. Those in themselves are, are not what, I suppose you would call them fitness, yeah? But like, if you look at the healing space, there's loads of things from breath work to ice baths to meditation to, there's a million and one different things, yeah? But if fitness is like being able to, um, be in your body, be healthy and do the things that you want to do, then healing in some ways is is the same as that for me, right? It's being able to be in my body, feel safe, and feel com emotionally connected to myself and the people around me. Mm. I think most people blindly walk around being nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get into that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a question. Like, why, why do people need to be healed? Like we are who we are, we walk around, as we are, get stuff done. I'm gonna ask Nick and Jess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking well, about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know if I would use the phrase a need to be healed. Why, I can talk about why I, I use the word healing. And, and I just wanna preface that by saying like, we're all coaches, but the kind of, what coaching means to us in this context isn't the same as what coaching means when I was managing a football team or when you're managing a football team. It's a different thing, but it's the same word. So I think healing automatically almost brings up an image of distress and repair with a finite endpoint. For me, I think healing's about liberty and freedom. And it's about giving myself the privilege and the gift of being free and at liberty to be and to feel who I am and what I need to, and to not avoid, bypass, run away from, or deny any of that. Mm. Mm. So if there is an end point at all, I think it's it's something to do with that. It's being true to myself, in other words. Yeah. And actually being open to the fact that some of that isn't gonna be very nice. Mm. So that's I think that's the crux of it. Yeah. yeah. If and the mic was in his hand, I'd tell him to fucking drop it. <laughs> What first got you um, open to it or aware that you needed to explore it? Necessity. 
I think there was a real danger I wouldn't be here now talking to you if I hadn't. That's the cold, hard truth. And I don't mean that dramatically. But I've, I struggled a lot as a younger person for all sorts of reasons. I struggled with my emotions because I was never modelled how to feel emotions. And I certainly never was given an opportunity to talk about them. So I developed quite an intense internal questioning of my experience as a young child. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why I do consider myself highly sensitive because I spent so much time in my own world scanning my environment and trying to understand what was happening and feeling very unsafe a lot of the time. So if you go out into your adult life and try and make a life for yourself um, and you're constantly feeling unsafe, wary, untrusting, unloved, and that's just about yourself, mm. like never mind in relation to anyone else, mm. um, I don't think you can genuinely thrive if that's what's going on inside you. So mm. for me, it's about trying to bring into line what's happening in here and out there as much as I can yeah and even I've been doing this shit on and off and certainly on for a long time now I still fail at it miserably some days mm. and some moments and I think that's something which doesn't get spoken about enough as well yeah that's I mean that's really important understanding that there's no linear journey you're not just no. heading to success no. there's no end point and you're going to have drop-offs and you're going to have good days you're going to have bad days and sometimes you're going to have bad days that run concurrently but you know, it's about it's about finding your journey and understanding that you know there's going to be good days around the corner as well, right? I, I think so. I think I think it's the fact that there isn't always a correlation between doing the things and feeling a certain way. Yeah. yeah. In the same way that healing from a broken leg generally means there's a pretty common thread of repair. Yeah. And you're, you're likely to feel better through that process as time goes on from the moment of trauma. Yeah. Like in this sense, healing just doesn't work like that yeah. at all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I wanted to kind of bring that bring that context around yeah so i don't sort of mean why do people need to be healed mm. but i think for for people that haven't had the benefit of sort of self-awareness to be able to start to explore that mm. like why why what things could they look at to start to kind of yeah recognize that that this may be valuable or beneficial to them 100% i think it's all it's all going to be so individual, right? Why someone's going to make that leap, why someone's going to go, something needs to change. For some people, it's when they have kids, isn't it? I mean, we're child free, but I can imagine so many people, it's like, right, now I've got a child, right? I can tell something's not quite right inside and I don't want to pass whatever this is on, right? Generationally, there, and for big part, for me was my holistic health. And I think if people are more health conscious, they might look at that side of it and be like, actually, this could be slowly killing me, this way of life. For me, I was addicted to cortisol and stress, hmm. chaos, dysfunction. And that was the moment for me where it got so built up that similar to Nick, I don't know if I'd have still been alive. The only reason I am is because I didn't want to leave my family with debt because it was my pride mm. um but it was that moment of this is unsustainable so i think even if people don't think they carry a lot of trauma it's that question is this sustainable is this effect could this be affecting my health am i passing something on am i projecting this onto the people i love um so it doesn't have to be necessarily this whole life overhaul but 
actually, is this effect, could this be manifesting and affecting my physical health? Yeah, yeah. I'm wanting to make that change. Something I wanted to um, ask you, Josh, was, was I think you saw in me that there was stuff that needed to be healed even before I saw it in myself. I've, I, I think the last, as I've sort of spoken quite openly on this podcast, the last, I don't know, you know, tw coming up to 12 months now, I've been on a really important self-discovery mm -hmm. journey where I appreciate that uh, a different context around healing. Like I don't, I, I, I still don't feel I was, mm -hmm. I've been broken, but stuff needs to be healed. Um, but what do you think that, you know, because what, what I want to do for our listeners is I want people to listen and recognize parts of it, even if they don't necessarily feel broken or yeah. have a yeah. mm. an overt story that they can connect mm. to. I don't think for, to say this off the bat, I don't think anybody's broken, by the way. That's no, part yeah. of what yeah. what I say um, and and what I believe. But I think what I would say to most people is when you lay in bed at night, right, and you're alone with your own thoughts, mm. what do you really think and feel? Yeah. Right, because I think we say that, like I, I often talk about how people get so stuck in their head they don't even know how sad they are. And I think that's true, but I also think everybody knows deep down that they're struggling with something. Mm. I think at some level, even you, before you started, if we, cause you give yourself as an example, before you started openly, and I mean open to yourself, started exploring it, you sort of knew that there was there because that's why we juggle. You know there's something going on over there, but you don't wanna look at it. So let me keep doing whatever it is that I'm doing to make sure that I don't have to look at it. Now that could be alcohol and drugs, or gambling, or sex, or it could be exercise, work, mm -hmm. and and loads of systems that we use, right? That make us feel like I'm spinning plates all of the time, yeah? So I think like nobody's broken, but we've adapted to the life that we live. And so I would say to anybody, like what, what red flags do I see in people? Can I use you as an example? Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. You lost your dad just before you were born or just after you were born? <clears throat> 10 months old. You were 10 months old when you lost your dad and you grew up in that one parent family. Up until very recently, you would say to me, I was basically unaffected by that. Yeah. That's straight away. I'm like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way you're unaffected by that. Yeah. Mm. So, and, and I would take that a step further and say, anytime anyone Can says I correct? Me, Can I correct? Just, I don't think I said I was unaffected, right? I, what I said was the trauma didn't happen to me. It happened to my mum, mm. who was 28, and my sister, who was six. Yeah, that's an even bigger red flag that only the people that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah. I admit it. But like, yeah. yeah, but that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, and what I hear from people all of the time is, uh, yeah, I have a little bit of a problem with alcohol or I have a little bit of a problem with this or I overwork or, mm. you know, I, I, I really struggle to rest, but I had a perfect childhood. <laughs> And I go, well, that's a fucking red flag. Yeah. So I, I like, I genuinely think this is what I, this is my beliefs. And this might not be real. This might not be true. This might not be other people's belief. Here's what I believe. The moment you misuse anything, mm. you're running from something. And until you find what it is that you're running from, you will always keep running. Yeah. And, and by the way, as somebody who's been actively working on myself for 11 years flat, I'm still running from a lot of shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
and I quit alcohol and I quit drugs and all that 11 years ago. And then most recently I quit sugar. Yeah. And every time I quit something, it's nearly always an attempt to run away from something I don't want to look at, by the way. Let's be clear about that. And I'm always doing something. And I believe everybody is doing something. Mm. I believe everybody. And if you talk about what I, you know, what we're really healing from is shame, right? The, the, the idea that there is something wrong with me. Mm. Every single person listening to this has a thought, the, uh, a thought, feeling, or a behavior that they hope nobody ever finds out that they think, feel, or behave like. Because if they did, they would hate you in the way that you hate yourself for thinking, feeling, or behaving in that way. Mm. Everybody has at least a little yeah. thought. Most people, probably a behavior. That's shame. Yeah, and that is because we don't have that freedom and the liberty that Nick talked about earlier yeah. to feel seen in our whole yeah. experience. And that's what we need to heal from because that's what keeps you alone. Mm. What keeps me alone in my house sometimes? My inability to tell my wife everything that I'm thinking and feeling. That keeps me alone at home. That what keeps me alone in my friendships? My inability to tell my friends, my close friends, what I'm thinking and feeling, everything. Mm. And the bits that I don't tell them people within those relationships, keep me alone. And if it's just a little thought, that's manageable. If it's huge parts of myself, which I think it is for most of us, mm. it's not manageable. Mm. Not in the end, it's not. No. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what we, yeah. that's, that's what I think of, you know, when, when, when we talk about what we really need to heal from. Yeah. And you know, just quickly, um, I, I know I've sort of talked on a little bit already, but this whole I need to look for trauma in my life is just a complete misunderstanding of what we're talking yeah. about, man. Yeah. Trauma's just how I reacted to what I experienced. Mm. The, re the reason I want to use language, uh, the, the reason I want to use context like that or language like broken is, is to speak to the people that will be thinking a yeah. bit like me yeah. or how I have done in the past, which is, that sort of stuff is for broken people. Hmm. I don't need it. Yeah. So sometimes you don't, you put these barriers up. You don't even know it. Yeah. I don't know I spent 40 plus years putting barriers up. I just thought I was being successful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's why I wanna have this conversation because I think a lot of people like me will go, it's why I never really engaged with Gabor Mate when you've talked about him for years with me because it's like, that's you and your community, Josh. I don't like. I, I respect it. I value it because you bring it to me, but I don't need Can it. Can I ask you a question on that before we move on? Please, yeah. Because I think it it matters. Why do you think you said that? Why do I think I said? Why do you think you said to yourself? Because I don't think you ever openly said mm -hmm. it. Yeah. That's Josh's stuff. That's his community. I don't deal with that. Oh, good question. I. I, I think I just. Yeah, I'm sort of stumped. I think it's because I felt like I was busy. I had my focus. I knew what I needed to do. Um, I don't feel like, I think I didn't allow myself to recognize that there was, you know, stuff that so needs to be So let me ask you another question. Personally. Why didn't you allow yourself? Mm. If you didn't allow yourself, then it was a part of you that didn't allow yourself. So mm. why did that part of you not allow yourself to look at it properly? So I don't like being vulnerable. Mm. Right, why don't you like being vulnerable? Uh, I certainly don't like being vulnerable on a live <laughs> podcast. So, no, so, I'm so joking, let me, no, put, joking, let me no, just joking. pull it up so that we yeah. don't push you right yeah. down yeah. into, no, 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 no. into the valley that we don't fine. need to push you into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine with but, it, yeah. but, but that's the deal. Yeah. People, if you, if you ask people, 
why they do stuff, they go, well, I just didn't really want to go there. And I say, well, okay, so there was a part of you that didn't want to go there. What was that part scared of? Yeah. And the, the most common example that I can use of my own self is the whole nature nurture debate around um, addiction. I used to say, right, it's nothing to do with nurture because I had a perfect childhood, right? I know that's not true now, but like, that's what I used to say. Okay. And I used to, get, I used to get passionate about it, yeah? So I'd be like, no, it's nothing to do, I'm passionate. I was really passionate about the argument I had. What do I realize now? I wasn't passionate. I was defensive. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you pushed me to yeah. talk about it, yeah. I didn't want to go there. Now I didn't have enough about me back then, not enough about me, but I didn't have enough uh, understanding of what was going on back then to realize what was happening. Yeah. But anytime you have actively avoid a conversation, and I see it all the time on my my social media and when I interact with people, yeah. When you actively avoid a conversation, you're scared of something. Yeah. But isn't there something here about? For me, anyway, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that, and I hear this a lot with people I work with, with people I talk to, that we find it difficult to accept that we can be more than one thing at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I can be successful, but that's all I can be. Yeah. And if I'm something else that's troubling or yeah. difficult or challenging, well, then I'm not successful. That's yeah. wrong. And, yeah. and I think all you've got to do is look at the sporting world, mm. movie stars, People that on the face of it are successful and openly struggle. But yet we, we, I believe that society exists from a perspective of perfectionism. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that. so if we'd have continued going down that valley, sorry, Nick. No, no, I was no. just going to say, but what, what's, what's the thing that underlies perfectionism? Shame. Yeah. Shame, yeah. That's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, a, that, that we could really unpack my own journey with a lot of that. So I think when I was hearing you speak, and thinking about what you were saying. One of the things I've ju I just did here was make, I make a little joke and I, you know this about me, right? I'll be like, right, right, let's go over there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what I did. But I wasn't, it wasn't, I just do that because I think that's part of my character anyway. But also I think like w I, I was protecting, I protect a narrative. Yeah. The yeah. narrative which is um, firstly protect my mum because she was the single mum who, you know, sacrifice so much to mm -hmm. raise us. So that's protecting kind of her story, but then also being this individual that uh, who despite all odds is successful and will always show up and will always be responsible. And actually my job is to provide support and space for other people. So if I, what I was afraid of is not being able to be that person and mm -hmm. yeah. hold the other part, which is, be vulnerable and, and and need healing. Yeah, and and it's terrifying to go into the closet where all those emotions are and pull them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I like, and again, this is what I think we do. We create the best possible narrative that we can. Yeah. That allows us to just go in there a little bit. Whereas my, I think in the end, our truth is. I don't want to let that emo. I don't want to go there and let that emotion out because I don't know if it'll ever fucking stop. Yeah. Mm. And I think we spend our whole life protecting ourselves from that. And we, the, the lengths we will go to to trick and deceive ourselves to not have to be in our truth. And this is why I think things like breath work are so good because if you lean into the breath work, the breath work will pull it out of you. Yeah. And that's why some people go, it's opened up all this stuff for me and I, like, I've got to do so much work around it now. Because it will do that. And it will remove the rational brain. Because mm. the rational brain will still make sense of it in a way that feels mm. right to me 
in my life and my experience as it is at the moment. So I will create a rational narrative to the feeling because I don't want to become or be what the truth is, which is I'll just be a child in a blubbering mess mm. who should have been a blubbering mess and been held when they were a child through those experiences, but nobody ever did it. Yeah. But this for me is exactly the reason why my own experiences, and that's all they are, ultimately of talking therapy or purely conscious coaching doesn't go doesn't get us to where potentially we need to get to yeah. it doesn't provide that space and that safety to support somebody to crack themselves open in the way you've just described yeah, yeah. so in, in both of those environments and i didn't know this at the time i would I'd, I'd make some progress undoubtedly like some real breakthroughs but at the same time i would also protect myself from cracking myself wide open Mm. I know that now, but I didn't know that then. Yeah. So, so you're then kind of, you're in an environment where, which is designed to allow you to, to potentially heal, to find healing. And it can do that up to a point, but I don't think you can do that without getting really messy. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the cold, hard yeah. truth. And, and, and then even with the one-to-one -one therapy thing as well, you're also navigating the fact that you're in a one-to-one -one session with somebody who's going to want to navigate their own shit and not go anywhere near where they can't go. Yeah. Yeah. So one-to-one yeah. -one therapy, which is a very new Western idea of mm. how we should heal is, and I'm not saying no one should do it. I think if you're doing it and you're having an experience, I think it's amazing and everybody should try it. It's very, very limited in that context. But that's what I mean. When the first yeah. time I was in that room, when I, as a man, never been able to explore, talk about, express my experience and my emotions, that, that counseling psychotherapy environment was vital to crack that part of me open up to a point. Yeah. But then I can only experience myself in that in that way from here yeah. mostly yeah yeah and because here is so complex and there's all of these different parts of us all vying for attention and worried about this going into the unknown how much can i really get from that the more i do it so yeah. i the longer i did it and the more therapists i work with the less impact it had yeah which is why i think one of the things that we have in common is this and, and you talked about it earlier there's so many ways to get there but there's the way for you is going to be unique and it's going to change and yeah. something will work for you at one time that may not work for you at another. And, yeah. and it's accepting that that's okay. But a rational part of the brain wants that consistency. Mm. I think that's why I've, I think exactly what you just said there, Nick, about like the individual journey and being able to pick up different tools and different modalities, depending on what part of the journey you're on. Cause I now know how powerful community is, mm. but when I first started stepping into empowerment and healing, I joined a group program, which actually sent me the other way mm. because I was expected to go onto Zoom in front of all these people and tell them everything. And I've got very strong armor. My parts are very strong in terms of vulnerability and perfectionism. So my safety initially started one-to-one, -one, but it wasn't with therapy. It was with a holistic coach. It was with someone that, was a great space holder mm. that would share and pepper in bit of snippets of fairy lights of connection where they were like really resonate with that. And I think that's where I found the power dynamic of therapy quite challenging. Cause it was like, hold on a fucking minute. You mm. want me to tell all, right? You're sitting there with your notepad and you were expecting me mm. <laughs> to just be vulnerable. So it was for me, it was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna practice with one person about like slowly peeling off the armor mm. and then with the with the right person with the right holistic coach and then 
slowly find the right communities where I feel safe to put my hand up and be like, Ugh. yeah, I, I think that's the thing, right? It's where you feel safe. For yeah. some people, the, the, the therapeutic relationship where you're unfurling may be safe for them. For mm -hmm. others, I, I think I would really struggle with that until I reached a point where I was comfortable. But I, 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 I what, what I wanted to um, explore is you mentioned community. Mm. But before that, Josh, like, I don't like bigging you up because your ego's big enough already. Like, <laughs> no one saw the first 15 minutes before we, uh, before we started rolling. You don't need to. Um, but I think you've always been, I'm not gonna now. <laughs> um, I think you've always been able to see ahead of the curve, mm. right? And I think like you've just, it's your intuitive spidey sense of like what the, Oh, this is gonna sound really big, but I think you, it's true. It's what the world needs. Like you've mm. like that's why you've blown up organically on social media because you kind of know what people need to hear and speak about and and contribute to. And when you were doing really well, growing your corporate business, you were going in doing resilience work. There was something inside of you that made you think, actually, I need to do something with people, with individuals, I need to create space, mm. which is where Inner You came from. So just tell us a little bit about that. And then obviously what I'd love to hear from mm. Nick and Jess really is like, uh, what kind of made you lean into it? Yeah. But really like, I don't want to do a leading question, but I think community is such a huge part mm -hmm. of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. just about you. Absolutely. It's no, well, it's, it, no, and that's why, uh, it's remained never never as a pre-recorded thing that you go and do because I always think the community aspect has to be a really important part of it. And actually one of the ways that we navigate what Jess was talking about when it comes to inner you is I always give points of entry. So there's a lot of people that are doing healing work that will make you stick your camera on, right? And it's a bit of an egotistical thing. I wanna make you stick your camera on and get you to talk in front of everybody so I can go, well, I made you do that and you fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? You you you. And I go points of entry. You can watch the recordings mm. and still feel part of the community. You can watch the recordings and email me and I'll read your emails out and I can do that anonymously. You can show up with your camera off and you can stay on mute. Like, it, like there's no fucking right or wrong. You don't do this shit well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's a really important part. Of the what community. made you think that this was needed in the first place? I started to see a lot of stuff out there and a lot of people offering courses that you pay thousands of thousands of pounds for to basically do loads of stuff that feels great when you do it, but ultimately in the end is sort of a little bit gimmicky. Healing is really, really simple. That doesn't mean it's easy, but healing is really, really simple. If you turn within and really look at yourself and really ask who am I and why am I the way that I am, you will learn so much. The greatest healing exercise I think you can do is spend a bit of time noticing. So I created within a you is six weeks to really start to look at yourself. Look at your relationships. Look at, wow, it starts off by looking at who you are today and why you show up in that way. And when you, when you see it really clearly, you'll find nothing but compassion because you'll see that your experience makes sense in its context. Then we look at all of the parts of you that exist and why they exist. And again, you learn to love all of them. Then you look at your past relationships and then you connect like connect with your innermost self, which which in this instance is your inner child, right? In that sense, healing is really, really simple. And if you can create a space where you feel safe and held enough to go in and do that exploration, you can have life-changing experiences. Um, all that said, I had no idea the impact that inner you would have on people in the way that it does now. Um, and it is incredible. Like, I mean, if you go and read the, the reviews, 
it is incredible. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time writing those reviews, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I spend a lot of time on. Uh, <laughs> it's not TripAdvisor, is it? What's it called? Oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, but yeah, Trustpilot. Trustpilot. Yeah. Trustpilot yeah. That's it, yeah, I'm just on there creating new emails and commenting myself. <laughs> yeah. um, what sort of? What do you think is special about the space? Um, well, where do we start? It's for me, right? And it's something I'm noticing more and more and more the more I'm in these spaces myself, professionally. Josh just speaks to you like a fucking human in in your language. He speaks down to me. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> in your language. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's true, man. And it, exactly what Josh said, right? There's so much stuff out there. It is saturated with programs, with coaches, with healers. The bit I have a problem with is someone that's falsely empowered, right? Who is selling programs where they are the guru. They are the healer. I'm gonna touch you. I'm gonna wear my floaty white gown. No offense to floaty white gowns, but like, it's this like very pseudo spiritual, come into my space, all your problems are sorted. And it's a load of BS. I'm sure there are some great practitioners out there. But like Josh said, it's simple, it's empowering, right? Josh is handing you the tools and it's our job to go and use them, mm. right? How much you get out of any of you is how much you're gonna take these tools and how much you're gonna integrate the cognitive with the physical and the body. That is where the power happens. When, yeah. you know, I've done so much stuff where I've kept myself up here, where the breath work, and, and the kind of more somatic stuff allows that to integrate. Um, but I think as well, I just found my people, <laughs> like for a better word, but like just a load of normal, beautiful human beings who uh, a lot are highly sensitive. So we feel, feel seen and heard, but it's not gimmicky. It's not perfect. It's just yeah. simple human. I, I yeah. think I think I needed it and, and I struggled the first time mm. in the program because I wasn't quite ready because I'd, I'd been through different stages of my life where to use the phrase falsely empowered yeah. where I'd had some benefit and wanted to share that with everyone around me yeah. who just didn't give a fuck <laughs> and actually in some situations it was wildly inappropriate like the workplace and stuff like that mm. like to, but I was so excited by mm the jump that yeah. I'd had that no one sees because it was the jump in my internal conversation and my internal experience. I think I need, I recognized that I needed a space to talk to other people and to hear what they had to say, because when you're experiencing all this stuff, especially for the first time in some ways, you don't know quite how to process it on your own. It's a lot to carry yeah. on mm. your own. Mm. Mm. And I think that some of the greatest things about Inu in particular are just listening to people speak their truth. Mm. And sometimes that's really messy. But if you if you hear something that you resonate with and you feel it viscerally mm. and you then express that back, you create that connection and that duality and then ultimately that community of experience, yeah. good, bad or indifferent. And it st- actually it stops becoming about when you start off and you do the check and you say, I don't want to say okay, because we're used to asking that question and expecting an answer that rates from good to bad. Whereas actually the question is, 
how am I, what emotions am I feeling? Mm. What, it, it's not a good or bad thing. It's mm. what am I authentically feeling? And yeah. if, if other people are feeling the same, you feel safe in yeah. that experience, even if that experience is really challenging. Yeah. And I think that's the real power of it, guided by the work, how it, 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 it allows you to go on a more guided journey inwards yeah. that otherwise can be really messy yeah. and you can get stuck. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's those two things combined, which then the breath work so beautifully yeah. allows you to kind of release some of that stuff which otherwise would just stay within your body and experience. Yeah, yeah and I think like to, to, to build on like the falsely empowered stuff, there is a lot of people out there that, that believe they found a way, mm. right? And they like, I've healed myself, so now I'm gonna heal you. <laughs> if you do what I've done, you'll be healed and you'll be able to do it. And no, 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 this is not what you're supposed to do when you do this exercise, you should get this from it. No, uh, no actually what we want you to do here. I'm like, listen, these exercises over the course of the six weeks, I believe will get you to reflect in. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what the fuck you're gonna learn, yeah. but I do believe that you'll, you'll understand yourself much better and you'll feel more connected to every single part of who you are or all of the parts that you learn about of who you are over the course of the six weeks. Mm. Don't think that this is a magic bullet. Don't think yeah. your problems are gonna go away. Don't fucking look to me to think I have all of the answers. <laughs> I'm just as much struggling as much as everybody else in here. But what I can do and what I've learned over the years is the ability to be able to hold a space. Yeah. Yeah. To not hold your, I ain't even gonna hold your emotions. That ain't my job. Yeah. Are the only people's emotions I hold are my kids. Yeah. Otherwise I'm just gonna witness and hold the space. Yeah. So you can feel safe to explore yourself and see what you learn. Yeah. Yeah. As a sort of, um, a vested observer, I really have noticed um, that community, you know, the sense of community that seems to emanate from from this space. And uh, it has moved out of wanting to be part of Josh's community to now being in a community of, of amongst each other, among seen people, amongst mm -hmm. like-minded people, amongst people going on a journey. I think you've kind of, inadvertently created that mm. you know and, yeah. and i think you knew that there was gonna there was it was gonna happen mm. but actually you know nick and jess you being able to kind of now sort of lean into spacing and and kind of support that community as well i think the reason i wanted to talk about it is because you know like life is pushing us to be more and more and more individualistic yeah. right so we're, we're channeling our own problems we're trying to figure stuff out by ourselves we're taking I'm saying we plural taking decisions that are kind of going to secure our safety or whatever and actually the world media whatever however you want to play it it's kind of pushing us towards individualism and so the way out of it is by coming together mm -hmm. and I really sort of see that happening in this space and I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah. so um yeah, look, we're at time I and mean, we could keep going and going. And like Nick, Jess, I don't know about you, Josh, but we're definitely, from my point of view, we definitely want to have you on again. This is yeah, be amazing. amazing. Such a rich yeah. conversation. And we look forward to seeing you on Inner U7, Hurst. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in there. Screen off, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and on mute. <laughs> uh, I'll have a cardboard cutout there as well, just showing up for me. Uh, Nick, Jess, thank you so much. Cheers. Really Legends. appreciate you, you coming in. in um, it's been an incredible conversation. Uh, should we let the listeners know as well quickly that we will be breaking for the summer holidays because we're family men. <laughs> Pause for a sec <laughs> for those who aren't watching it on camera. But so this will be the last episode until September, basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to yeah, take a little, gonna, take a little bit of a break, recharge, um, and then we'll be back with more banging content. 
see you soon. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya.